right. Good morning, everybody. We're glad to be at church. Come on, it's a good day. Yeah, I know it's been said, but if you're here for the first time, welcome. I want to honor all of our guests that are here with us and all of you watching online. It's a good day. Look, I want to get the big picture, and let's not forget, we gathered at 9 o'clock this morning across two locations. We celebrated baptism at 9 a.m. this morning. Uh, we're gathering here today at 1015 across two locations, all of you joining us online. Let's not just forget or take for granted Man, what God is doing around us. You know, 226 people have said yes to Jesus at Cultivate Church this year. I think we ought to honor God together because that's incredible. Life change. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you. I want you to grab your worship guide for today's uh, message. We're beginning a brand new series that we're calling Grateful. Uh, as we concluded our previous series uh, that we just walked out of, Coping, Hoping, and Doping, dealing with some of our disappointments, our hurts, our habits, our hangups of life, and we really just took a journey through digging through some of the things that we struggle with. And if you missed any of that, it's on the app, podcast, YouTube, website, all those kind of things. You can find it just about anywhere. I'd encourage you to dig back through it. But as we enter out of that, we're entering in this series called Grateful. And here's our hope for this, is that we learn that no matter what season of life that we're in, that we learn how to be grateful. Because sometimes those struggles that we walk through, those difficulties that we have, those things that we wrestle with, they can really rob us from God's blessing in our life, from really fully understanding it and fully embracing it. And sometimes we can let our struggles and our problems become so big and so in the front of our, our vision, of our feelings, of our emotions, of our relationships, of our circumstances that we can't see the blessings of God. But here's what God wants us to understand at the top of your outline. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Be, underline this word, thankful. In, underline this, all, because this is important. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's, underline this word, will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, be thankful in all circumstances, because this is God's will. God's will is his perfect position for your life. That where you are, that's exactly what God intended. That there's a circumstance or there's a situation that God desires to use to make you better. So in all things, be thankful. Be grateful. Today, no matter how you walked in this morning, God's challenge for us is to be grateful. And we are quick to go, but... You don't know my circumstance. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I was up all night wrestling with in my mind. You don't know about my marriage. You don't know about my kids. You don't know about my family, my job, my career, my house. I'm almost going to lose my house. I'm about to lose my car. I'm about to lose my job. All the things that we think of. And yes, it does not minimize our circumstance or situation. But God said in all things that we must learn to be grateful. And so through this series, that's what we're going to do. Next week, we're really going to dig deep about how to be grateful in some of those very circumstances, the really hard stuff. And then we're going to learn how to be grateful to God, and we're going to learn how to be grateful to other people. But today, I titled your message, Ungrateful Gratefulness. Ungrateful gratefulness, because I believe this is the foundation of our struggle with being grateful in life. Because most of us have this tension in life of being grateful, yet really on the inside being ungrateful. 
In other words, we know how to doctor it up. We know how to look right. We know how to say the right things and present ourselves in a grateful way. Uh, but you feel ungrateful at the same time. You see other families and they look like they just got it together. Come on the Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok world. But on your side of it, you don't feel very grateful because you're going, God, why them? God, why did they get the promotion? God, why do they have it all together? It took you 15 times to get that one selfie right that you felt good enough to post to match up to everybody else. And so there's this tension of, well, I, I'm, I'm grateful, but I'm, but I'm ungrateful. And then you just feel uh, a little ashamed of yourself. You feel guilt because you feel that way. And because you're watching everybody else, yet you have this feeling. I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this message. Uh, my mind went back to a particular Christmas when I was about five years old. And I have a brother who's seven years older than I am, so he's about 12 at the time. And my dad was recording this Christmas. You know, back in the day when a camcorder was like the size of a small car, you know? You had to be a real man to carry one of those things. And he's filming Christmas. And I'll never forget my brother. He unwrapped this present, and uh, it was a basketball. And y'all are shocked that I could catch it and that I know it's a basketball. Some of you know who know me. But my brother opens up this basketball, and you can see, because it's Christmas, right? I mean, pumped about Christmas. And you can see him, the, the anticipation. He opens it up, and then he brings out this basketball. And even I know this is a little small basketball. And so as a 12-year-old, he, he, his whole face and countenance shifts like, I mean, you could just begin to see the disappointment. And my dad goes, what is it? What's wrong? And he goes, well, and he's trying to think of the right words to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't want to be ungrateful, but how do I pretend to be grateful? And as he's trying to find the words, kind of in the background, I open up the same basketball. And as a 5-year-old, I went, oh, a basketball! This is great! And I'm so pumped about it. And then you can see right there the pressure on my brother. Like, oh God, he got the same thing. He's the grateful one and here I am. And you can see him. And in a minute he goes, oh, I was just so afraid that I had opened up the wrong gift. I, and then uh, suddenly it shifted that he's grateful for this basketball. As if a 12-year-old is ready to get the boys together. Come on now. And get out there and play some ball. Now, on the outside he knew, I better shift this. I better be grateful because it's Christmas, and I better be grateful because it's a gift, and I better be grateful because they gave it to me. But on the inside, here's what's really happening. He's really ungrateful because this is what he anticipated. This is what he really wanted. This is what, when he thought of getting a basketball, this is what he pictured. Yet what he held in his hand was something completely and totally different. Now, for many of us, we've come to Jesus we're living this life, and we thought, man, once I get to this level, once I do this, once I do that, come on, you marry Prince Charming ladies, and today you woke up and he was a frog. And you go, this is what I really wanted, but this is what I really got. So there's this tension of, I mean, I don't want to be ungrateful, I mean, because he's, you know, he comes home every night, you know. He goes to work every day. He don't hurt me or nothing, you know, so it's like, I'm grateful. But really, if I'm honest about it, I expected more. So today, here's what I want us to do. I want us to learn how to be grateful. I want us to set ourselves up in such a way that even though we have, this, we have this tension to be ungrateful yet grateful, our ungrateful gratefulness, so that God can set us up in a way that puts us in a position where we can honor him and really count the blessings 
that he's given us. Now, I'll just tell you, today's a little, little tougher, okay? It stretches us a little bit. Not the most comfortable. It confronts us with some things today. So I just set that up for you right up front. And if you want to feel good about yourself, just keep coming back week to week. It's going to get better as we go. Get a little more rosy as we move into it. But today, we're going, we're going to dig to the foundation, and we're going to watch God challenge us so that we can be grateful people. Y'all ready? Regardless, here we go. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence, God. Our prayer today is that we're not asking you to conform to us, but God, may we conform our lives to you. We want to look and be like you, Jesus. So open our ears to hear the word today. God, I pray that you open our mind, that we can understand it, our heart, that we retain it. Not that we're just hearers of the word, but we're doers. In Jesus' name, amen. So on your outline, I've got a lot of scripture for you. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to read the whole chapter together. And before you complain about it, how do you go to church and complain we read too much scripture? Okay, so I just, you know, just check yourself real quick. Uh, I'll read it to you, so on your outline, it's okay. Uh, if, you've, if you've got your Bible, you can go to Deuteronomy 8. We're going to be right there all day. And on your outline, I titled this section, The Gates of Grateful. And here's how I want to position the thought about what gratefulness is in our life. I believe that, that gratefulness is like a set of gates. And it depends on the position of the gate that determines the outcome. An open gate opens doors for new places, new experiences. It gives you freedom. It allows you to go and to explore and to receive. But now a closed gate becomes a barrier. It withholds from you. It traps you. It keeps you from receiving that which is on the other side. And many of us are living our lives as if this thought of gratefulness, this experience of gratefulness, this expression of gratefulness is like a gate. And for most of us, because we have this tension between ungrateful gratefulness, these gates are closed. And I want to give us three simple things today that I think out of God's word are three key areas of our life to search ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to help us to go, are we wrestling with this area of ungratefulness in our life? In Deuteronomy chapter 8, we kind of get a warning from God about being ungrateful. It's the children of Israel. Some of you have been in church. You know these stories. It's uh, God's rescuing this group of, of, of a whole nation of slaves. They pray for it. God releases them, but they whine and complain that they're ungrateful all along the way. It's like that trip to Disney World your kids dreamed of, and you get them in the car, and then this is just complaining until you get there, right? The promised land's waiting, but man, the trip to get there is pretty difficult, right? And so God gives these three areas for us to be very aware of in our life. Three gates that will block us from gratefulness. The first one is this, is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. What we gain, what we get, what we achieve. In America, we call it the American dream, right? That you want to get a good job, you want to get more money, you want to have uh, all the things in life you want to acquire and you want to build and you want to grow and you want all of this stuff. And the more you think you get, the better off that you are. So God knows that it is, see, God created us for work. Work was not a, a result of the fall of man. God had already had them working. So he knew that we were driven people, that we were, that we were just like God who is busy and who works and creates and who does. And so God put that in us, but he knew that apart from him, we would think that it was because of us, our own fruitfulness. And what happens is when you begin to worship your maker as a self-made man, you begin to worship yourself. So God begins to warn us that in your fruitfulness and in your achievements, don't forget about me. Notice this. He said, be careful. Underline that word careful. 
If the Bible says be careful, we all need to lean in just a little bit. Play real close attention. Be careful to what? All of my commands. Underline that. Not societies, not cultures, not what your neighbor says, but to God's. He says, be careful to obey these commands that I'm giving you today. And then, all right, that's when it shifts. Then you will live and you will multiply. Many of us can't figure out why we can't get past where we are. It's because we're doing it our way on our own without him. And if we obey him, his way, then you will live and multiply. And you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give his ancestors. So verse 6 again. So underline it. Obey the commands of the Lord your God. How do I do it? You do it by walking in his ways and fearing him. Jesus said it this way in the New Testament. If you love me, you will obey me. In other words, my best for you is for you to walk in obedience to me by doing the things that I said to do. So if you will obey the commands of the Lord by walking in his ways and by fearing him. You see, God knew that your fruitfulness can also be your failure. The very fruitfulness that you asked for, that you prayed for, that you worked hard for, that you did everything you could to achieve, God knew that without it in proper perspective, it could also be your failure. Because God knows that if you do it on your own without him, you begin to think you're the one who did it all yourself anyway. It's kind of like your kids. We went to eat this past uh, Friday night, and we went to Mexican. My son loves Mexican, so we go to Mexican food. And we get out of the car, and he goes, oh, Dad, did you bring a quarter? Because there's a gumball machine inside. And he knows where that gumball, the last step out of Mexican is a gumball machine. I said, no, buddy, did you bring a quarter? Well, Dad, no, I didn't bring a quarter. I said, bud, you got 15,000 quarters at home. If you wanted a gumball, why didn't you bring a quarter? He said, well, Dad, I just... I said, yeah, buddy, I got a quarter. It's in the car. You know why he didn't bring a quarter? Because he knew Dad had one in the car. And I'm just going to tell you, my son, thank God, because had he brought his own quarter, you know what he would have said about that gumball? Nah, I've had one before. I'll just say, that's a quarter. I'll just keep the quarter. But now when it comes to spending Dad's quarter, he's all about that gumball. You see, if he has to work for it, he appreciates it a little bit more. But if he gets conditioned to continually getting a hand out, something for nothing and something for free, he becomes expectant of it. And here's what happens with God. We can get so accustomed to going to God and giving him our list. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I have to watch myself. 8 a.m., I can give God a list and say, I'm going to check back in after lunch and see how you did, God. God's like, I don't work that way. Right? Because God knows if we get accustomed to just being given, then we'll think we're the ones that did it. We're entitled to it. We deserve it. In all of my fruitfulness, God, you just, you just hand it to me. It's all about your positioning and what you think about who God is, the fruitfulness. Asher told me on the way to school the other day, he said, you know what, Dad, this year for Christmas, I'm not just supporting Christmas because of gifts. I didn't know we had a reason for support for Christmas, like we had to prop this thing up. He said, I'm supporting Christmas this year because it's Jesus' birthday. I said, that's good, buddy. Now, he didn't rule out Christmas presents, okay? Like, he didn't rule out, he didn't say, don't go buy me presents. He just said, the main reason for support this year is because it's Jesus' birthday. But see, we have to understand the reason in which God enables and gives to us and makes us fruitful to begin with. Because every blessing that comes from God should be returned right back to God. And I can tell you that every blessing in my life, I recognize that I did not produce it on my own. And what I can do on my own is get myself in trouble. Think about all the times in your life when you tried to do it on your own, your own way with nobody else and no help from God. 
We don't talk about that one, do we? We just skip on past that part. But the reality is, your fruitfulness, we know this. We can become so addicted to it that we think we deserve it. So how do you know if you're wrestling with it? I'll, I'll give you three little extra things. And, and these are things to wrestle with, some, some, some signs that you can, you can check on yourself. Because the gates of fruitfulness, fruitfulness makes you comfortable. You get real comfortable with yourself. You get real comfortable with your situation. You go, no, I'm good. I, I got this. That's fine. Like, I, I, don't, I, I, got it. I got it just the way it needs to be. You ain't got to worry about it. I got this. See, it just makes you comfortable because you go, I'm just going to sit right here. Don't need to press on anymore. I, I've read that Bible story. I don't really need to read the Bible, you know, because I've read that story before. I, I've read that. We've heard that in church since I was a kid. I know that story altogether. Well, we may know the story, but you don't know one thing that God's telling you through the story. We may know the scripture, but we haven't received one thing that God's trying to change or correct in our life. And that's why you keep hearing the same story over and over and over and over and over. Just possibly. But we get comfortable. And the second thing is, fruitfulness will make you blind. You'll ignore the warning signs. We'll just ignore it. God's trying to get our attention. God's saying, hey, look, you, you've settled in. You've gotten real comfortable with the fruitfulness in your life. What happens if it's gone tomorrow? What happens if, if your health in, doesn't enable you to go to that job that you think you did to present and produce all the things that you have? You see, we can begin becoming blind so much so that we look to the provision and we forgot about the provider. And what God's trying to make sure we do is look to the provider and not just the provision. You can't be blind at the warning signs. Some of you are married to your warning sign. Some of you come to church for a warning sign. There used to be a comic that said, here's your sign. Some of us just need that sometimes. You can be blind to it. And the third thing is, is that it makes you lazy. Fruitfulness makes you lazy. You ever known somebody that just said they had enough? No, nah, I don't need to work any overtime. I'm good. I got it. Well, what happens if it's not so good next week? You could have worked that overtime, put it in the bank, you could have saved it. Ah, good. Makes us lazy. God knew it. God knew that our fruitfulness would get us in trouble. I remember September 11th, 2001. Some of you remember the attack on the Twin Towers, and some of you are too young to remember that. But the number one thing that stands out to me about that period of time was the number of churches who were filled after that, of people seeking the face of God in the midst of tragedy in our country. People were scared. People didn't know how to respond. They didn't know what was going to happen. What implications was this going to have in our world? What was about to happen? We'd never experienced something like this, watching it on live TV. And people literally filled churches all across our country going, God, what do we do? God, how do we help you? But the farther we move from that to where we are today in 2023, man, we have not only taken God out of things, but we've demonized even people having a relationship with God. Bibles hate speech. and the, We're trying to go so far. You know why? Because we've been fruitful. Because we did it. And we accomplished it on our own. Watch it in your own life. The second one is this. It's familiarity. The law of familiarity. Becoming very comfortable with something. You don't treat it the same way you used to treat it. You got that thing that was new, shiny. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. You got a new car. You parked it at the back end of Walmart. Put a fence around it so them buggies coming down the thing. Just a heads up, everybody, put your buggies back. Come on. I'm going to win the world one day. I'm going to roll up. They're all going to be in carts everywhere. But then suddenly, you know, finally your kid got a Pop-Tart in the carpet, and you say, well, forget about it. <laughs> and you haven't cleaned it out. You know what I'm saying? You lose four kids in there in the back seat. 
the car didn't change. You just became familiar with it. It wasn't shiny and new anymore. How many of us had a relationship with Jesus one time that we would have went, as they say, to hell with a water pistol? But then suddenly, man, we do this. We go to church. We're going to sing some songs. Oh, maybe I'll tell somebody about Jesus if they have to ask. We've just gotten familiar with it. God knew it. Listen to what God said. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams of pools of water. He's setting them up. He said, look, I'm about to bless you with fountains and springs that gush out in valleys and hills. It's a land of wheat and barley and grapevines and fig trees and pomegranates. Woo! Had one last night. Was not impressed. First time. <laughs> Of olive oil and honey, it is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant as the hills. And when you have eaten your field, here he goes. He goes, I'm about to bless your socks off. But when you have eaten your field, when your houses are built and your bank account is there, and you've achieved and you've accomplished and you've got the things that you set out for and you look at your life and go, man, I never thought I could do this. When you've eaten your field, underline this statement, be sure to praise the Lord. Praise him, your God, for the good that he has given to you. If you're around anything long enough, you'll take it for granted, including the grace and the goodness of Jesus. We can be so ungratefully grateful because we'll pray and it doesn't just show up like a microwave oven. And you're thinking, well, God, where are you? What happened to you? And we get so upset about it, get so mad at God. We just grow familiar. There was a group of wives at a small group. They challenged each other in their relationships with their husbands. They said, listen, we're going to send a random text to our husbands, and we're just going to tell them we love them, and we're just going to see what their response is. And one of the husbands texts back and said, who is this? <laughs> one of the husbands texts back and said, is your mom coming in town again? Third husband texts back and said, you told me you'd stop drinking in the middle of the day. <laughs> they didn't expect it. It wasn't common. It was out of the normal because they hadn't got used to the familiarity of their life. Exodus 14, if you want to write this down, I just like these stories of these guys. This is where God set them free. and Man, they were happy. Freedom ran out. Freedom! Until it got tough. And then they said, why'd you bring us out here to die? At least there were proper graves in Egypt. Somebody could have come put a rose on my headstone. You know what I'm saying? Like, out here they'll never even find me. Whining and complaining after just saying, God set us free, and then complaining about it when they're set free. I love Numbers chapter 11. They all complained because they were hungry. And then God supernaturally fed them food literally falling from the sky. And I don't know about you, but if God feeds me today from the sky, I mean, I, I'm not saying anything. I'm not complaining about another thing. But you know what they ended up doing? All we get is this manna from heaven. I mean, can you imagine walking out and looking at the food going, there it is again. I asked for, ask for medium. That's rare. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're so ungrateful. Why? Because we've gotten familiar with it. We all do it every stage of life. Man, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to have kids. God, I can't wait till they're out of diapers. I can't wait till they can drive themselves. God, I can't wait till they go to college. When are you going to have some grandkids? Make me a granddaddy. We are never satisfied. Doesn't matter what stage of life. So how do you fight familiarity? Write this word down. Growth. Growth. 
Are you bored with your spouse? Then you need to start growing. You may tell you something? I have to, I always have to run. I hate, I, I hate to even have to say it, but it's true. I have to run to keep up with my wife. I feel like she's pulling ahead of me all the time because she's always growing. And, it, and if I sit, then I'm like the odd man left out. I'm like, well, I guess I better do something now, you know? But that growth keeps her new. It keeps her fresh. I'm learning something new about her all the time because she's growing. You see, in your relationship with God, you won't get tired of hearing these stories you've heard 5,000 times. You know why? Because every time it'll be fresh because you're growing, because God's showing you something brand new, something different. Growth will keep the familiarity from setting in because you're constantly moving forward. What area of your life do you need to grow so that you can be grateful? If you'll ask yourself that question, begin to identify some of these things. What fruitfulness is blocking you that you haven't given God proper credit for? What familiarities are in your life that you need to grow through? And then number three, this is an important one, forgetfulness. The gate of forgetfulness. This is long, but hey, with me. But that time is to be careful. This is the time. When, when the fruitfulness comes, everybody, and, and then you're a little familiar with your settings and you're settling in and you're comfortable, well, that's the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, notice this, do not forget the Lord your God and disobey. Remember, he told us that if we would obey and follow after him, then that's when we would receive the blessings. But here, if you forget and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today, verse 12, for when you have become full and prosperous, notice us, this is us today, when you become full and prosperous and you've built your fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Some of us go, well, I don't have all of those things. I, you don't know where I'm at. Well, let me tell you. Sign up today to go with us to Juarez in just a few weeks. You have a very different perspective of gratefulness. This does not minimize your circumstance, but it just puts things in perspective. 15, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from a rock, literally, miracle, from a rock. He gave them water. He fed you with manna, the food falling from the sky, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this. Notice this, everybody. God doesn't do anything for you or withhold anything from you without a purpose to equip you. Verse 17, he did all this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Verse 18, here it is again. Remember the Lord your God. He's the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed in your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, here's where it gets real. Here's where we got to lean in. I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God, and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed, just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path. You also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. God's blessed most of us with more answers to prayers than we've even begun to say thank you for. We move so fast, and we ask God for miracles, and we ask God for blessings, and you know what? God shows up all the time. 
We just move so fast that we forget it. And we just don't remember. I want you to ask yourself this question, and, and in your devotion time this week, in which I hope you have, ask yourself this question, what have I forgotten? Just go back and, and search and say, what are some things that I, I've, I've asked God for this year? That I sought the heart of God for this year? That he showed up? That he protected me? You may think about that one moment that you were driving to work and you almost went in the intersection, but you stopped and that car ran the red line. You didn't think a thing about it. You just yelled, idiot, Adam, or something else. We'll pray about that today, too. And then you just went on about your way. Never fully thinking that God in that moment was right there with you. Maybe God protected you. That God's been good. And even though we may be holding one thing and desiring another, and there's this tension between this ungrateful gratefulness. I can tell you this. If you will remember, if you just go back and look, if you just go back and recount, it'll reveal God's goodness in your life. It'll help you be grateful. This morning, Asher and I were driving to church, and those are his uh, basketballs. And He said, Dad, what are you going to do with those? I said, well, buddy, he said, you know, told him what we were talking about today. And he said, that's, Dad, that's right. He said, because he said, you gotta be thankful for everything you have. I said, Yeah, buddy. That's I said, but sometimes it's hard. I said, you know, sometimes you, you know, you wish something else would have happened, and we're, you know, talking through it together. I said, but bud, this is this is a perspective God wants us to have. And we began talking about his grandmother. He lost his grandmother, my mom, a year ago. I said, you know, bud, I said, I really miss miss grandmother. I, said, I wish she was here. I said, I miss her every day. I said, but you know what? I said, I'm grateful for all the years that I had with my mom. I said, because there's a lot of people that didn't have as much time as I had with their mom. And I said, and I'm grateful that you got to know her and that you have memories with her. And I said, bud, what we could be tempted to do is, is to be bitter or to be mad sad all the time because she's not here and, and we could look around and go well God why did this happen and I said but you know what we choose to do we choose to be grateful and we'll remember all of the blessings that God has given us and when I put it in perspective and understand that all of God's goodness the fruitfulness of my life it's it's from him and I can't treat this as some stale piece of bread I got to keep it fresh I got to honor God with all that he's done so that I always remember his faithfulness. So today, here's my prayer for us, that we could align our hearts and our perspective today to be grateful. Look, I don't, I don't want you to feel shame or guilt because you walk around with this tension between gratefulness and ungratefulness. It's a fine line we all, we all walk in. There's seasons in all of our lives where we just, we don't understand why God has us where he has us. And we want to be out of that season or but just like God had for this group, in verse 17, he's got a purpose for you too. For some of us, he's trying to humble us. For some of us, he's trying to break some pride. For some of us, he's trying to nudge us to grow. For some of us, he's trying to nudge us to remember that it wasn't us and it was all him. God's working it for a purpose. And so today, my prayer is that we would be able to just submit some things to him and begin to seek out the proper perspective of gratefulness in our lives. So will you bow your head, close your eyes? If you're our guest today, nothing weird or funny is going to happen. Our team's going to come back and play. 
I just want to take just a moment just to pray for us. If you're watching online, maybe if you could just help this moment be distraction-free because I want this to be between you and God. And I'm going to tell you this. There's not a week goes by that we don't say this. The most important decision you can make is by saying yes to Jesus. And if you're in this room and you have not said yes to Jesus, or you're watching online or listening by a podcast and you've not said yes to Jesus, I want to invite you in this moment to make the greatest decision of your life, to join with 226 other people at Cultivate Church this year in saying yes. And then today, if we're in here and, and you're just you're feeling that tension in your life, let this be a moment of just clarity for you to just align yourself with God's goodness and the gratefulness that we should have for him so God I love you today and I thank you for being here with us we don't take your presence lightly or for granted we really don't today I'm grateful for all that's been right in front of us blessings that you've extended to us. I'm grateful for teams who serve and people who give their energy and their time to create environments and opportunities for moments just like this. And I'm grateful that right now somebody that doesn't have a personal relationship with you is saying yes. So Jesus, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. We know we've messed up, we've, we've missed it, we've done it our own way, and today we need you. So we choose to put you first in our life, not just as our Savior, not because we don't want to spend eternity away from you, but because we want to learn to love you and to live for you and to follow you and to live life your way. So today, Jesus, we choose to put you first. Thank you for forgiveness and thank you for relationship. God, I pray for all of us, whatever the weight that we're carrying, whatever the needs are in this room, online, that we would realign ourselves today with the gratefulness of our life. In this tension that we live, may we lean in the gratefulness that you give to us. Over these next few weeks as we unpack deeper what this looks like and how to walk it out, God, help us on this journey this month to align our lives, to be grateful to you. Thank you for what's happened today across four worship experiences, two campuses, and online. What a family we have here, God. And I pray blessing on all of them so that, God, you'd get the credit in everything that's done. In Jesus' name, amen.